Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cosmic Owl Astrology Podcast, the Weirdly Cosmic Podcast. I am Louise Eddington, your Cosmic Owl, <laughs> and I'm here today to talk to you about the Virgo full moon. But before I do, just a couple of messages. I am an astrologer, and I'm also, I also use tarot, and I'm also a uh, a shamanic practitioner. I'm the author of three books. My first two, my first book was Modern Astrology. That did very well. But this one is a bestseller, The Complete Guide to Astrology. Over 6,000 reviews on Amazon. And um, I have a new book coming out. This book is going to be um, available on March the 15th. It's available for pre-order now. It's also available on Kindle right now. I'll put the link in the description below. Early reviews are fabulous. Um, you know, we've had some review copies go out and people are loving it. We've had all five-star reviews so far. So check it out. But let's dive in because we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, before I talk about the astrology though, I want to look at the card because when we look at the astrology, I actually do think Venus is kind of ruling right now. And I know I'm not for kind of um, um, not really kind of the um, following the, the herd when I say that. But I pulled this card for this new this full moon and this is the Venus card the Empress card and this is the principle of love with wisdom it's the earth mother and I want to read you the quote that goes with this um, Thoth um, um, Venus card the Empress card um, in Angeles Arian's book that uh, looks at the Thoth tarot and this is love is the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. So I want you to remember that love is the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. And that was actually a quote from The Road Less Travelled. And she's really, um, you know, a very, she's, she is Venus, she is Demeter, she is Ceres. This is kind of the, the principle of the earthly Venus, really. So we'll look at that in a minute too. <laughs> so anyway, let's have a quick look at the card, at the chart before we talk about the actual um, details of all this. If you're just listening on audio, I will describe what I'm looking at. So the full moon, the Virgo full moon, um, is on March the 18th, 2022. It's at 1.17 a.m. Salt Lake City time where I am. So that means it's at, it's on the 18th for pretty much everybody. Uh, maybe Hawaii is... Um, is three hours behind so um not there but so that makes it 8 17 a.m universal time so you can um, look at all your times so it's on march the 18th 2022 so looking at the numbers of that date quickly before i look at the chart that's the three months 
nine day and a six year. So we have the 369 code that I've mentioned quite often. Um, and that was um, Nikolai Tesla said, if we understood that code, we'd understand the, the keys to the universe, basically. And it's on um, at 27 degrees, which is a nine. And um, this is the sixth of six full moons at 27 degrees. So there we have the six again. So this is all bringing me hope, even though as I record this on March the 3rd, Venus and Mars are conjunct Pluto. Um, Russia has invaded Ukraine, we're at war, things look very unstable, things look very dystopian, but I still have hope because of these things. Um, so this, as I said, is at 27 degrees Virgo. It's a full moon, so that means the sun is in Pisces, the moon is in Virgo, they're in opposition to each other. And I call the Virgo-Pisces aspect the kind of practical mystic as, um, axis, sorry, not aspect, because uh, the Pisces is def definitely the mystical, the collective unconscious, the mystery, um, the magical, the creative, and Virgo is the practical service, wants to be useful, wants to make everything whole, bring it down to earth, ground it in reality, ground the, the mystical in reality. So remember that as well. So other things we have to look at in this chart are that this full moon forms a rather beautiful kite pattern. We've got an Earth Grand Trine that's going to Pluto, um, who has been doing a big number on us for since 2008 when he moved into Capricorn. Pluto's now, um, by this full moon, on, on his own in Capricorn. He's going to be on his own in Capricorn, apart from when the moon um, whizzes round every month, for quite some time. Um, is, is, it's quite a few months till the other planets move around back into Capricorn. Uh, and in fact, I think it's next January that he actually has conjunctions. So Pluto's left abandoned. We've had huge Capricorn energy. Um, we had that major, major conjunction in January 2020 with um, all the planets converging with Pluto in Capricorn at the start of the pandemic. And we've had another big convergence of planets in Capricorn at the start of this um, geopolitical crisis that we're in. But Pluto's on his own by now, on this full moon and in this beautiful Earth Grand Trine. At the other corner of the Earth Grand Trine, um, in Taurus, we have Sedna, which according to Alan Clay um, on um, Dwarf Planet Astrology, he's done a, written a book on Sedna, represents spiritual destiny through crisis. Pluto and Sedna are almost exactly trine on this um, on this full moon. But we have this Earth Grand Trine, which kind of is a very healing, earthly, material Grand Trine, bringing sensible and practical solutions. But it's not just a Grand Trine. We have a kite. And the focal point of the kite is 27 degrees Pisces, which is where the sun is. And the sun is um, 
still conjunct Neptune in Pisces will have had the conjunction of Sun in Pisces of Sun and Neptune in Pisces at 23 degrees. We've got Jupiter heading towards um, a conjunction with Neptune on April the 12th. So we'll probably look at that in the next podcast. We've also got Mercury in Pisces. We've got a very big Mer- uh, Pisces um, stellium on this full moon. And I that gives me major hope because this is the focus of this healing kite. It's saying with the collective unconscious is coming together. We've seen generally with this invasion, and I'm not being political at all, but we've seen more people kind of come together on this than than ever before. We've seen a huge rise up in compassion. Not everybody, of course, and you might not agree with me, but whether it whoever you're having compassion for, we you know we've seen. Um, so I'm just seeing what I'm saying, what I'm witnessing. We've seen huge compassion for Ukraine and the people of Ukraine, but we've also seen compassion for uh, the people of Russia who are standing up and saying, no, we do not want this. We do not support this invasion. So, you know, there's there's compassion coming up on both sides. People are just like going, no, you know, we've had two years of pandemic. Now we want, we do not want to go into a third world war so it's just that general feeling of of um no um we we've got to do things differently we've got to do lead with love and so that first start brings me hope other things i i kind of notice on this full moon is not only that it's at that number the 27 which i've looked at a few times and i'll just talk a bit more um, about it when we finish looking at the chart but the nodes in taurus and um, scorpio the south node in taurus and the north node in um, venus ruled taurus so there's venus again and venus by the way is is a very is the higher incarnation of earth according to the esoterics and um and so we're we're getting i think venus is very powerful in this so we'll look at venus again in a minute but she rules the north node she rules um the sign that sedna is in and remember spiritual destiny through crisis taurus is where we're being pulled towards venus stationed retrograde in december conjunct pluto and um as i record this is conjunct pluto now in capricorn she had one of the most important retrogrades in our lives and in history probably um in capricorn recently so she's empowered from her retrograde in capricorn and on this full moon Venus has overtaken Mars. Mars and Venus met at zero degrees of Aquarius, which is a very hot degree. I won't go more into that. But um, she they met um, for the second of their conjunctions at zero, zero degrees, one minute Aquarius. And then Venus 
charged ahead of Mars. So Venus has kind of met up with both Mars and Pluto, the rulers of the south node, because Mars is the traditional ruler of um, Scorpio and Pluto is the modern ruler. And now she's charging ahead. And on this full moon, Venus in Aquarius is at 11 degrees Aquarius, which is a gateway number. But not only that, Venus is in square to Uranus. Um, she actually stationed direct 11 degrees Capricorn in square to Uranus. And she's also in sextile aspect to Chiron. So she's got, there's a, a great Chiron is in Aries, which is Mars ruled. <laughs> and Uranus is in Taurus, which is Venus ruled. So she's kind of bringing this potential for healing. And 11 is, is a master number of, of huge potential for enlightenment and growth. So we not only had a, a Venus station direct 11 degrees, uh, back in at the end of January, she's now moved on a full sign and is at 11 degrees on this new moon. Now, this full moon is in Virgo, um, or is a Virgo full moon, and is ruled by Mercury, and Mercury is in Pisces, and Mercury is at 13 Pisces, and 13 is a Venus number. It's one of the numbers in the Fibonacci sequence, which is very Venusian, and 13 is the number of the goddess. So there's a lot here telling me that we are healing. Now back to the nodes, um, the nodes are at 23 degrees and they are in aspect to Neptune in Pisces. Um, and 23 is um, a number that I've talked about a lot. It's actually the num most human of numbers. We have 23 digits, 10 fingers, 10 toes, two ears and a nose. We have 23 sets of chromosomes, um, humans do. Um, we, it's also um, the number of days in the biorhythmic cycle, the number of seconds that blood takes to run about around the body. 23 is the most human number. It's also the number of Eris, who has actually just moved off the 23rd degree, but she's still hovering at that around that degree and she's at the midpoint between Neptune and the north node in um, Taurus. So just all of this together brings me a very um, uh, divine feminine yin healing aspect. Yes, Venus is morning star Venus, which is supposedly more warrior-like, and we definitely did see war as she joined up with Mars and um, Pluto, but I have hope for healing. We've also got, um, as I mentioned, that Venus is in sextile to Chiron the shaman, the key to healing. Um, Chiron is conjunct Pallas Athena, who is a problem solver and a strategist. I kind of think we might be finding some solutions and problems to this crisis that we are in right now. So, you know, there's perhaps more I could say, and I'll, I'll come back to it in a minute, but I want to go and talk to the numbers. All right, so, ah, there we go. I've lost my 
think. But anyway, the 27 I've talked about for the last five months. <laughs> so I'm going to look at some other things. Um, the 27 is the number of the Bodhisattva. It's the number of the enlightened being who um, stays on earth, though, who doesn't kind of go off into like Zen enlightenment. It stays to teach the teach other earthly beings like the um, uh, the Dalai Lama would be a Bodhisattva, and that's where I want you to remember that quote with the with the uh, tarot card, that love is the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. So the Empress card really is the uh, Bodhisattva. Venus is our Bodhisattva. Now, the number 27 is known as the Trinity of Trinities. It's partially because three is the cube root of 27. Um, three squared is nine and nine multiplied by three is 27. So you see, we have that three, six, nine code all showing up everywhere. There's threes and everything. Um, the world is composed of water and the remainder belongs to land, which is 27%. The Hebrew and Spanish alphabets both have 27 letters. In the Bible, the 27th book of Proverbs has 27 verses. At Julius, after Julius Caesar's assassination, the Roman Empire was established in 27 BC. And that's kind of quite relevant because the Roman Empire lasted about the time of a Pluto cycle and the US is going through its Pluto return. Pluto is returning back to where it was. Um, so we're reaching the end of a Pluto cycle for the US. The planet Uranus, I think, and I mentioned Venus is um, square to Uranus in this, has 27 moons. And elephants have 27 pairs of chromosomes, which kind of made me laugh because somebody said, you know, they were talking about the invasion and they were like oh you know there's wrong on all sides and when two elephants fight and you know um the earth gets um fought it gets destroyed but anyway i'm giving no opinion on that quote but then the elephant showed up here as well so the 27 number meaning is a number of humanitarianism, compassion, philanthropy, cooperation, and tolerance. All right, so that fits with the Bodhisattva. This is the number of the 27. Now, of course, it's made up of the two and the seven, which are also beautiful numbers. The two is, um, So the nine is also humanitarian, humanitarianism, empathy and idealism. The two is the number of the divine feminine, which is coexistence, cooperation, relationships. The seven is inner wisdom and solutions. Okay, so thus 27 contains the energy of non-judgmental humanitarianism and tolerance and with a dose of um, cooperation diplomacy and and introspection and spirit spirituality so it's quite a unique number and we've had it six 
times. This is, is quite astounding, to be quite honest. And even though we're kind of not seeing it with, with, um, with the war looming or happening rather, you know, I kind of see it in the chart. Now to look at the chart as a whole, to come back to it again, I mentioned that the full moon is that uh, practical mysticism, bringing the spiritual down to earth in a grounded way of wholeness and service and usefulness. And, and I think this is one of the most beautiful axes we have. And, and so yes, this, the Pisces energy can bring confusion. We are in heavy, heavy Pisces season. We've got Jupiter and Neptune, both rulers, the traditional um, Jupiter and the modern Neptune rulers of Pisces in that sign. But it's also heightened compassion and spirituality. We have Mercury in Pisces said to be in his detriment, but I'm not sure I buy all that really. I kind of think we're going to be, I, I kind of feel of as Mercury in Pisces as um, the more tuned into the divine feminine and the word of God or whatever that is for you. The word of the unconscious, the word of the collective. And I kind of have the suspicion that Mercury may have been said to be detriment because um, Pisces is the least rational and patriarchal and straightforward sign. It is the one where we trust our knowing. It's the one where we trust our intuition. It's the one where we listen to symbols, messages, what we, just things that we just know. And um, that's not been um, a quality that's been celebrated much in our society. But so this stellium in Pisces is hugely strong. And remember, it's at that focal point of that kite in, in this um, full moon chart. But then we have a stellium in Aquarius. And I didn't mention everything um, that's in the um, sign of Aquarius. We have Vesta. Vesta will have moved into Aquarius. She was actually the last... Um, planetary body to conjunct Pluto after Mars and Venus did before they all left the sign of Capricorn and um, and before Pluto moved from 27 to 28 degrees temporarily and um, he'll be moving retrograde back to that degree but he's now at 28 degrees. So we have Vesta which is focus, commitment, purpose, sense of purpose and remember she was the last one to to conjunct Pluto and dig forward then we actually have Kariklo and Kariklo is in Aquarius she's the grace spinner and and she really kind of um, um, I have to thank my friend um, David Wood for this she leads us to um, a healing space Okay, she leads us to a space where we are able to really access healing. I actually want to quote to you what he said, and it's David Wood of uh, David Yarrow Wood of Aquarius Sons. Kariklo leads us to healing conditions, environments in which our systems can draw upon our intrinsic healing capacities. I'm like, David, wow. <laughs> You summed it up. Anyway, um, Kariklo, um, well, first Vesta's at three, 
degrees. So there we go, another three. <laughs> Karai close at seven degrees, which remember is part of that 27 degrees, um, but it's a lovely kind of intuitive, beautiful number. But she's also still conjunct the south node of the USA. I think there's a lot here to do with how the US responds geopolitically to um, to this crisis as to how we're going to come out of it. And again, I'm not being political. I'm just saying what I see here. Um, and I do see potential for a changed response, at least. Whether it happens, I do not know. Um, and then we have Mars. Mars is at nine degrees, so another of the three, six, nine numbers. Mars is at nine degrees um, exactly. And nine is an ending. Nine is a completion number. And um, Venus, as I mentioned, is at 11 degrees of Aquarius, which was actually where Saturn was on um, the final Saturn-Uranus square. So... She, Venus is highlighting that Saturn Uranus square where we've had this push pull uh, between liberation and conservatism and freedom and all that kind of stuff going on for months. Then we have Juno at eight, um, sorry, at 17 degrees Aquarius. Juno is the Heros Gamos asteroid. She is our relationship to all that is other. And she's eight, um, 17, which is an eight, which is a very stable number of infinity. And, um, and so we have that too. And then we have Saturn. Saturn has moved to 20 degrees and of Aquarius. And, um, and so that is actually uh, the uh, second decan of Aquarius. So that's a Mercury decas, um, decan. Suggest and Mercury's slowing down, um, is in the shadow of his retrograde. It's got a while to go, but it's in, in the degrees that he will retrograde by. And he's leading the way through Aquarius. And, you know, I think Saturn sometimes gets a bad rap. And Saturn in Aquarius could be um, about mastering the higher qualities of Aquarius and thinking about that in the Mercury decan, thinking where we need to go. So we've got a huge energy in Aquarius here. We've got two stelliums. We've got the Pisces stellium and we have the Aquarius stellium. Now we also have, uh, of course, we're still in the draconic bowl pretty much. Um, Ceres has left the Dragonic Bowl. She left it at the end of uh, January um, and so has Sedna. But I think, you know, looking at traditionally, we have till the middle of April before Mercury leaves the Dragonic Bowl and the first of the more traditional per personal planets. We're still in a crisis. And then we have that moon over there in Virgo at 27 degrees of Virgo, which is a, a kind of a beautiful energy, kind of holding the space of all of this um, energy in the chart um, in her hand. And so the moon being a divine feminine energy. So let me tune in and just see if I want to um, look at, talk about anything else in the chart. Um, we do have going to that. No, I think I've talked about everything. I do want to say we do have a lot of energy around 11, 12, 
13 degrees even 10 I'm gonna say you know so let's say between 9 to 14 degrees so that area of the chart is um, is affected in a big way as well as the area of the chart around 27 degrees so if you have anything around those degrees you will be feeling any all of this okay but we're all feeling this collectively but I just love that it's a Virgo full moon. Incidentally, just an aside, um, another frame, friend of mine has been um, looking at um, the chart of uh, Vladimir Putin. And there's, there's been some a lot of uh, rumours about um, Putin giving everybody the wrong birth date. Um, in in his files apparently it's common for the kgb to kind of be very um secretive about their origins and and there is um a rumor that he was actually born in 1950 not 1952 and if he was born in 1950 on the same date then this full moon is on his lunar nodes so that'll be interesting we'll see so for the symbols, but um, before I go into the symbols, I've got a couple of things to mention to you again. Again, do not forget, my book is on pre-order, The Complete Guide to Tarot and Astrology. I don't think I mentioned that for you audio listeners. I'm so sorry, but the link is in the uh, thing. Um, I also want to mention my sponsor for the, um, for the um, podcast. It's Ephemeris. And ephemeris make these wonderful pendants. They're lovely and weighty, so they don't just float around. And the chain's quite weighty. And it's got my birth chart on it. I don't know if you can see it. It comes in different colours, well, gold and silver. And, and I've got my birth chart on there. So it's like it comes down to my heart level. So I always say I'm carrying my chart on my heart. <laughs> so I'll put the link for that below. If you want a lovely gift for somebody, um, get their birth details and get their chart on the heart. I, uh, I think it comes still with um, actually astrology reports as well um, when you buy one of these. So um, lovely pendant. Um, I wear it often. I also want to mention this calendar. This is not a sponsor, it's just I bought it because I love it. There's um, a page on Facebook called She Who Is, and she's a beautiful, beautiful goddess artist. You won't be able to see it on if you're listening on audio, but it's She Who Is. And just go and check out her art. I bought the calendar and it's got all kind of the goddess feast days and holidays um, listed on it as well. So that's quite beautiful as well. So let's go and look at um, the symbols. And I'm actually going to read you the symbols for the moon's position and the sun's position because the sun is so important, I think, in this one. Okay, so let's look at Virgo 28, which kind of made me a little bit... Mm. <laughs> A bald-headed man who has seized power. Now, Putin isn't bald, so, you know, although he's a bit... But anyway, the sheer power of personality in times that call for decision, whether at the religious or at the socio-political and cultural level, there comes a time when obsolescent... Obsolescent? Obsolescent? 
that's it, yeah. Patterns of order and cultural refinement have to be radically and relentlessly challenged. Catabolic personages emerge to seize power and dictate decisions that alter the structures of society or within an individual life. An intense urge for cathartic changes mobilizes the will and traumatic decisions are made. At such times, the issue has to be met and ruthless as the power may be, must be accepted. So it's basically everything bows to the power of the will, divine, executively human or satanic. So which will it be? Okay, that's, that's the Sabian for the moon. So I'm just going to get up the um, Sabian for the uh, sun because the sun is so powerful in, in this particular full moon. So it, we go to Pisces 28. A fertile garden under the full moon reveals a variety of full-grown vegetables. The full satisfaction of the individual's basic needs. Um, what is stressed now is not the full moon itself or its light, but the moon's power to call forth the instinctive urge for growth. Many things respond in many different ways. The symbol refers to a typical garden, not to a field. Such a garden contains a variety of plants, herbs and vegetables grown specifically to fill an equal variety of human needs and tastes. In this sense, the third symbol of this 70 second sequence combines the meanings of the first two. It's a symbol of abundance, an abundance fitted to individualized requirements and wants. That one really gives me hope. Okay. So let's look at the Chandra symbols, my favorites. <laughs> so Virgo 28, autumn leaves pressed into a book. The mind is a funny thing. It pours over experience with a fine tooth comb, yet only sees what it is what it expected to see. The mind programs itself, indoctrinates itself thoroughly and intensively in the art of imposing the familiar and the assumed upon all in life, all of life. This is a maddening way to operate, yet it does not register as being so. Instead, you like it this way, prefer it, advocate it, simply because it is self-reinforcing and self-perpetuating. You are after elaborate confirmations and validations that the little self is perfectly splendid just as it is. And you will be sure to get these. The transaction is guaranteed. But there is an unknown self who cannot breathe in this atmosphere and who knocks at the door seeking entry and is not very pleased to be tuned out and pushed away and told that we are fine as we are and do not need to be stirred up by the voice of the rest of existence. In other words, do not say stay in that little self, find the big self. That's just fantastic. 
So let's look at 28 Pisces. A horde of monkeys chattering, possession by local spirits in mischievous, playful fashion, cast into an abyss, dumped out of status and, spe and specialness and made to be hyper-receptive to whatever is moving here. An abandoned center, karmically sacrificed to learn both humility and the lessons of the street. The state of mind, random, chaotic, inspirational, capricious, given to every kind of spirit passing through. Sorely troubled, yet fantastically out of touch, a regressive loop with powerful emanations. The feeling is that something must be done and this and that this rule will require a change of heart but you've got to go deep and it takes a whole lot of desperation to turn this one around well so basically everybody you know i have real hope with this full moon and the series i think the series of six full moons that we've had, starting with an Aries full moon back in October, um, has is taking us or giving us this a massive opportunity to turn to bring this more peaceful, more enlightened, more bodhisattva state into the world. I always believe we have free will. But I think we've been given this opportunity over and over and over and over and over again. And, you know, ultimately, our spiritual destiny is that point in Taurus, the, the Taurus Venus ruled North Node and Sedna in Taurus, um, spiritual destiny through crisis. Oh, boy, are we in a crisis? Have we been in a crisis? And and. Um, uh, Sedna is at uh, 28 degrees, which is conjunct the uh, full moon eclipse, Taurus eclipse, that was one of the full moons in November at 27 degrees. So all of these full moons and everything have been pushing us towards that. And now we're going to move off this 27 degree. We've had these six full moons at 27 degrees, five new moons in between at 12 degrees, there's the three and the nine again three six nine very creative numbers finding the answers we have been we're being given i think in my opinion the opportunity to um, find solutions and to create the new paradigm now they set the um, we are moving into the age of aquarius and i know the sign of aquarius is different to the age of aquarius but I, do, I can't get away from the significance of this huge Aquarius stellium in, in this. And, and that um, we um, have had, we are continuing to have that zero degree of Aquarius being highlighted again and again and again. We're being hurtled into a new par paradigm and we have a choice of where we take it. So I pull you towards that horde of monkeys um, and, and the Sabian symbol as well for, you can go back and listen. Actually, I'll put both of those in the show notes below in the description. 
But just think overall of this practical mystic of thinking of the collective. Pisces uh, is the um, collective consciousness. It's the cosmic soup. It's the point of creation. It's the amniotic fluid of signs. It's, you know, a lot of um, creation came from chaos and Pisces is the most chaos, chaotic of signs. And that's where we're coming from. And we are to bring that down to earth on this full moon. Enough preaching. I keep hoping we learn this lesson. I love you all. And I will see you next time.